Now, Jamie Dupree with the latest breaking news from our nation's capital. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C., via Texas today as we now get ready for Super Tuesday after the results in Nevada last night. Jamie Dupree, how are you, sir? Hey, Sean, I'm in Houston at a Ted Cruz event. we got a couple of events here actually in Houston today. The day before tomorrow's debate, uh, Ted Cruz getting endorsed by the governor of Texas, and then Marco Rubio is in later this afternoon with his own rally after, I think he uh, spent the night in Michigan, if I remember correctly, and had an event there. So, uh, you know, the trappings of Super Tuesday, obviously the the campaign sort of explodes after we focus on just four states at the beginning. Now the map is wide open for Super Tuesday. There are 10 states in all next week, anchored mainly by Texas, which has 155 Republican delegates. It's more than double the next state, which is Georgia. So this state obviously important uh, in the race generally, but, the, but, the, but certainly would be, now for Ted Cruz as well. If you don't get above as a candidate, above 50%, if you do get above 50%, it is not proportional distribution. You get them all, meaning all the delegates. Not not in not in all of the states. I think no, there no, no. Are Texas. I'm talking about Texas. You, yeah, in in Texas. But remember, there are two pots in most of the states. There are two pots of delegates. One is by congressional district, and then there's right. a separate pot, se- a separate pot of delegates just for the statewide victory. Some states that you get it, no matter whether it's a plurality victory or not. Other states, it is proportional. There's a jumble of rules that make your head hurt, and it's impossible to try to summarize well, them in yeah, even 20 I, I, seconds. I, I agree. And, and by the way, you know, going forward, they need to fix this. I I mean, should it be winner take all? Should they all be proportional? If you get above a certain percentage, like in the state of Texas, 50 percent, you win it all. Uh, and it's not proportional. The polls don't show Ted Cruz is in the lead. The latest poll I, I saw showed him up in eight by eight in that state. Um, but we go back to everything that you and I have discussed. I mean, Donald Trump now is is on a huge roll and he now has uh, a lead in almost all of these states. But Texas, he has a lead in Florida. That's very significant, according to the last poll that they did. I'm sure new ones are coming. He's even beating John Kasich in Ohio by five points. Both Florida and Ohio are winner-take-all states. So if Trump has that good night next Tuesday, and I've been watching all these pundits and all these people that are, quote, in the know, and they keep adding delegates to to the establishment candidates one after another and it's not it doesn't work that way and you and i keep screaming this to people but they still keep going on tv you know i, I watched somebody this morning that said well donald trump didn't get above 50 percent and you know there's five people in the race he had more than double yeah, I, I think a lot of next- people a lot of people have been saying he would have a ceiling of about 35 well he had 46 percent in fact he had more votes yesterday in nevada than were cast in the entire republican caucus in nevada four years ago how about that for a statistic, as oh. the turnout uh, more than doubled. So That's he is the same certainly well-placed right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, as you go forward, I can understand both sides. I can understand him saying, well, look, you know, if I win eight states next week, this is my nomination. I can also understand when you look at the Byzantine rules that the delegate rules are, that he does not run away with winner-take-all in them, and that you could pick up stuff later on if you win in, say, Florida or Ohio. On the other hand, if Trump wins on the 15th of March in Florida and Ohio, uh, I think we all know he's going to be the nominee. Now, Trump today picked up his first two congressional endorsements. Uh, he had had none before this, but one uh, Republican from New York, a guy named Chris Collins, endorsed Trump today, and also Duncan Hunter, the congressman from the San Diego area, endorsed yeah, Trump he's a, today. he's so a regular guest two, on this program. Exactly. So the first two congressional endorsements for Trump, and they were not orchestrated with him, it didn't seem like. It just looked like an announcement by those two lawmakers. And so I think that's pretty significant that uh, you'll see some people really moving toward him. So, uh, look, 
look, yesterday, I, I think it was obviously a big night for him. You cannot sugarcoat it any other way. For Marco Rubio, he did what he had to do. I hear a lot of people talking uh, today about how Rubio was saying he was going to win in Nevada. I don't know who thought that Rubio was going to win in Nevada. I well, mean, he when didn't I was even, out there he didn't a few even months stay ago, in the state. He just, he, he, he well, left. Well, it was so before. obvious to me that it was a Trump state. It was not a Rubio place uh, yeah. that it was it was favoring Trump. But Cruz, obviously, it was a disappointment for him, and I think, and, and he really has to make, in a sense, a last stand now here in Texas. Uh, I think so, but I would say the polls favor Ted Cruz in Texas. If he gets above 50%, that certainly would be a huge uh, jump for well, he's him. He's not going to get above 50% here. There's not going to be anybody over 50% here. So there, then it's proportional there was a poll here that showed. Yeah, there was a poll here that showed, in fact, uh, Cruz ahead with Trump next and then Rubio not far behind. It wouldn't surprise me if we see more of that crowding together of the three of them in a number of states now. All right. I want you to respond to the analysis that is at times amusing to me and at other times infuriating to me is when they take all the delegates and they shift this or that to that delegate, uh, to that candidate over another candidate. And if this candidate drops out, for example, the Politico yesterday saying, well, the establishment's pressuring John Kasich to get out. He has no chance to win. They're trying to force him out in the hopes that all of those votes are going to go to Marco Rubio. And Marco Rubio's on TV last night and this morning, and, and he's suggesting that if I can get this down to a two-person race, I definitely can beat Donald Trump. I don't see Ted Cruz getting out of the race. Ted Cruz actually won a state. You know, Marco's not won a state up to this point. Uh, I don't know what state he's going to win on Super Tuesday. When he was asked recently what state he's going to win, he said Florida. Well, he's down in the polls to Trump in Florida. So I, 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 I'm not saying that there's not a path, and people that have supported one candidate or another, I'm in a no-win position here because they're upset their candidate's not winning. Um, I'm just looking at data, raw data, and I'm applying it through the prism of my experience, like you have a lot of experience, and I'm saying it's going to be a very difficult path for anybody to beat Trump at this point, especially if Super Tuesday poll numbers hold up, right or wrong. Oh, yeah, I think that's probably true, and, and Trump would get momentum. Let's say he wins eight states out of ten next Tuesday. That would give him more momentum. You're absolutely right. Uh, but on the other hand, I think you can sort of look at the delegate math, and it's such a weird way that they parcel out the delegates that even if you do really well, you're not going to have an overwhelming uh, majority or anything like that. It's possible that it, it's a muddle. Yes, you would have an advantage, but you wouldn't run away and hide. There's really not that many opportunities. There's no opportunity for winner-take-all on that night. Now, that being said, once you get to the 15th and you start getting to some of the winner-take-all states like Florida and Ohio, then it becomes different. Then you can make a big jump. And, uh, you know, again, I think by the 15th, it'll all be very clear whether we're going to go on for a few more weeks or whether Trump is locked down this race. If he were to win in, in Ohio and Florida, uh, it would, I think, pretty much be the end of the road for everybody involved. Well, that's what, March 15th? Well, no, it's two separate days. When is Florida and Ohio? Florida and Ohio are the same day on March the 15th. It is so the 15th. So what we okay. have coming up is the, the 10 states of Super Tuesday next Tuesday. Then I right. think we have five on the following Saturday. Then we have either three or four on March the 8th featuring Michigan and Mississippi. And then uh, on March the 15th, then you have Florida, North Carolina, Illinois, Missouri, and Illinois. So you have five big states that day as well. So by the time we get to the 15th, Sean, fully 50% of the Republican delegates will have been handed out. And like I said, I think by then we'll have a very good idea as mm -hmm. to whether we have a race that churns on for a while or whether or not it's all over at that point in time. Will the money that Jeb Bush had that is now going apparently to Marco Rubio, will that be a factor in your mind? It didn't work out that well for Jeb Bush. I mean, you know, it just is the year that it is. And in as much as it's not a conventional year, this is an insurgency year. And, you know, right or wrong, Jeb Bush was on the wrong side of immigration with the base. He was not going to win for, because of that one issue. I think you could also probably
probably factor in his last name and common core. For those three reasons, it was a non-starter no matter how much money he spent. So does Marco Rubio, if he gets all this money, as we're reading that he's going to get, does he end up spending it all and not getting any benefit from it like like Jeb Bush didn't get any benefit? Well, I think Rubio has shown he, he's had a little momentum. I think he had over 2,000 in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So he's, he's clearly getting people out there. I mean, he's had bigger crowds, I think, than, than Ted Cruz recently. Nobody's had as big a crowds as Donald Trump, obviously, at this point in time. But hey, Rubio, Jamie, I, I've done speeches in Grand hurt. Rapids with more than 2,000 people. I'm, as a matter of fact, I did you a know, speech uh, once there, and they sold out one room, and then I went from one room to the next room and gave the same speech. I'll just say the money can't hurt for Rubio. I mean, it may not in the you end. He may not be able to win. You care less about that. Okay. I'm just teasing. All right, now but let he, me move but on. He, but I just think that it can't hurt him. I mean, I don't. he has a very no, limited money path, can't hurt. but certainly yeah. there is an option there. And and I don't think just because just because it comes over, it's going to help him necessarily, uh, but it's certainly better than not having it at all, just like it's better than having some of the endorsements that not at all, though they don't really make that much of a difference. Some fascinating statistics now that we have had four states. Voter turnout in this presidential primary caucus year for Republicans is breaking records. Between Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, uh, and Nevada, it's now up close to 30% on the Republican side over where it was in 2012. In a sharp contrast, the showdown between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders has is down about 25%, almost a quarter of what it was. That is, is a very telling number to me. That tells me that there's way a lot of enthusiasm on the right and none on the left. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, Trump, sort of the movement that he's become has really spurred a lot of that, obviously. I mean, in a sense, he has been able to, without really getting deeply into a lot of issues, sort of co-opt that change, uh, uh, you know, moniker of the Tea Party and in demanding change in D.C. I mean, you know, uh, Ted Cruz has obviously spurred people and Marco Rubio has spurred people, but nobody comes close to doing the excitement level that Trump has been able to bring and bringing in new people into the party. And the, the continuing ability of Trump to appeal to all areas of the Republican Party is really a fascinating thing in a way that Cruz, for example, just has not been able to do so far. Uh, you know, the the option of sort of running as a, as a bold conservative, it won him Iowa, but he has struggled since. And, you know, here in Texas at this event here, he's got to find a way to change that in the near term or else it's, you know, I think a, a very difficult road ahead for him. One of the big numbers to come out of Nevada here last night was the percentage of the vote, the Hispanic vote that Donald Trump got. I mean, it was, you know, nearly 45 um, percent. If, if, if you shouldn't look at shock terms- anybody again, he has been able to go across all stripes of this party in a way that nobody else can. The only person who comes close to Trump in that is Rubio, who does also appeal to the very conservative, the somewhat conservative conservative and the moderate, albeit at a lower level than Trump, obviously. And Trump has been able to put together this coalition that, for example, uh, Ted Cruz is tipped much more to the right in the very conservative mode. Uh, John Kasich is tipped much more to the moderate side of the party, just like Jeb Bush was. And it's really something, if you would have uh, developed a candidate like this and gone to the Republican establishment, they would have welcomed it as a way to bring in new people and to have somebody who appeals to all areas. And that's why when people tell me that Trump has no chance in November, I, I just 
I don't agree with that. I, I think that uh, certainly it could be there, but certainly it would be a much different kind of race than the Democrats might have expected. The country is shifting politically. Gallup has their poll out, which they do every four years. And well, actually, I think they actually do this yearly. But there are now more Republican states in it at this time for the first time since Gallup started tracking that statistic in 2008. When Barack Obama was elected president, 35 states were either solid or leaning Democrat, <clears throat> and there were just five Republican states. The new survey shows that there are 20 solid or leaning Republican states and only 14 Democratic states, and the remaining 16 states are in the middle. Now, again, more evidence Certainly. that the uh, country is One of the legacies gone... of Barack Obama, one of the legacies of Barack Obama, ironically, uh, Sean, might be that he's watched the Democratic Party's demise in a number of states, not only in terms of members of Congress and governors, but in the state legislative level at well, as well, where the Democrats have had huge losses in a number of states. And that's something I think that the Republicans long term, not only the, the excitement level that they have, obviously, in their turnout, but also in terms of the ground game that it helps for later. Uh, I mean, it's just it's such an advantage for the GOP. Uh, I, I still think the sort of the marriage of Donald Trump, if he wins the nomination and the GOP st establishment, will be a fascinating one to watch, sort of a shotgun marriage in a presidential election year. What is your take at this point? You have numerous polls out, some of them conflicting. Their latest two, Survey USA and Quinnipiac, have every Republican candidate in a head-to-head -head matchup against Hillary beating Hillary. And then you have others that, that don't show that, Fox News' poll being one of them. Um, my, my answer to that is I don't believe it until it's a real matchup. In other words, you know, you can, yeah, you can create I, all these I, I hypothetical matchups. Right. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right, because until there is a, a, a candidate chosen for the Republicans, there are still some who are reluctant to say, oh, yeah, I'll vote for Trump or I'll vote for Cruz or I'll vote for Rubio, because that's not their main choice. I am I'm a full believer in that a lot of members of the party will come back whether and vote Republican, whether it's uh, Trump or, or Cruz or Rubio. And, you know, look, eight years ago, again, I'm going to keep bringing this up. A lot of people thought that the extended fight between Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama would cause a lot of problems for the Democrats at the polls. It did not. They certainly won and won easily, and I don't see any reason why it would have to be different. Now, obviously, Donald Trump presents something different, and there are a lot of people who have said very clearly to me as voters out on the trail that they will never vote for him. I would think some of them would think twice about it come November, but that could be a factor we'll have to see. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington, D.C. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.